Thanks for tuning in to the Boiler Express podcast. Join us each week as we dive into all things Purdue sports. You'll hear in-depth analysis of our previous and upcoming games, as well as interviews with players and people involved in the Purdue sports fandom. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and YouTube for our live stream shows as well. Awesome. Well, great intro as always, Chris. Um, welcome back, everybody, to the Boiler Express podcast. So this is episode, we've got to be getting close to 20 now if we're not at 20 yet. Um, but we've got a really good episode tonight. So still a lot to talk about with football. You know, uh, I think this is something that's kind of new for Purdue fans. Um, uh, just this this excitement, this, uh, you know, the, all these new developments is uh, not something that's, you know, typical in a, in a Purdue football offseason. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's a new um, thing that we're all experiencing. And um, and so to help us talk about football and in particular, um, you know, a certain player on that team, uh, we've got Conrad Mockaby with us tonight. So, Conrad, welcome. Uh, we're excited to have you here. Hey, glad to be here, folks. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, as always, you've got myself, Ultimate Boiler, uh, Frank the Stat Tank to my right, uh, Russ below me. We've got Dylan, and of, of course, we got Chris or 5 Ghost uh, as well. So we appreciate you guys all tuning in. And as you saw in the intro, lots of different places to find our podcast. So we're on Spotify, YouTube, Twitter. Um, any way that you find us, we, we, uh, we're excited to have you here and, and hope that you enjoy listening. So uh, thank you guys for, for tuning in. Um, and so Conrad, you guys have had kind of a, kind of a very busy year. Um, you know, I'm sure that Devin going to Purdue was exciting in and of itself. And then just how this, these last, you know, five, six months have unfolded for you guys as not only Devin, but as a family, you know, I'm sure it's been exciting. I'm sure it's been kind of overwhelming at times. Um, but honestly, it's really cool. And I think I had heard, I don't know where, but I had heard that were you guys, have you guys always been Purdue fans or kind of connected to the Purdue community? Not really. I mean, okay. for us, it was more of the educational side, you know, like, you know, Devin had, you know, uh, Ivy League offers from like Penn, Columbia. He had Harvard looking. He, he had engineering offers from like Rolls Holman. And so we had been around and went to Purdue when we started traveling after his sophomore year, hitting big schools, competing against other kids, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he really liked the atmosphere there as far as just the facility. And he knew what their, their engineering program was, you know, that whole man, if I hang that diploma on the wall, it's going to help me in life. Right. And yeah. so you always had to go with your, 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 your school major first, right? Because, you know, if you can, if you can land to where your, your conference and that school that you wanted and for him to work out being exactly where he wanted to be, uh, that was basically how it perfectly worked out for, for him, you know? To, to get somewhere that offered a high turnover, a high, higher retention rate w- it, it, with the right degree and getting to play football at the highest level that he wanted to compete at, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and we've all loved watching De- uh, Devin develop and grow into the player. And honestly, the person that we've been able to find out that he kind of is through social media just – um, you know, watching the video of I'm sure you guys watched it all the time or had it on replay for a while. You know, when Coach Walters um, first thing he did, we walked in there and immediately awarded him that scholarship. Um, you know, Devin cheering, uh, raising his arms up, just super pumped about it. And he just seems like he loves being a Boilermaker, um, which is really cool. I think that we that's something that we all love about it. And so 
you know, originally he was, I believe, committed to Navy. Uh, is that correct? To, to go play football there? Yes. Um, yes. And so he decided to, to step away from that and walk on to um, produce. So was there any kind of, and, I, and I'm sure you've got all the faith in the world and, and Devin and his decisions. I'm sure he, you guys counseled him through that, but just, was there any kind of hesitancy at all about, you know, walking away from a, a full ride at Navy to, to walk on at Purdue and, and hope that there was a scholarship that would happen or, or kind of what was that like? Not really, because like when he when he finally committed to, to Navy, COVID was pretty much in full effect, right? Yeah. So at that time, you you had to use that thought process: Is there going to be school? Are there going to be sports? You know. Yeah. And so you knew Navy was going to be kick, kicking out soldiers and officers, regardless of the situation, and everything else. And so you know that commitment. You know, as an adult, you, you know the grown up you can't really tell a kid you're going to go do nine years, right? You know, at that time he was just 17 years old probably, but you can't go tell him that's nine years of your life. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm sure always on the back burner was, man, I, I've got this one. I want to go do this. But, but just like I said, when he went and visited those other big schools during camps, Purdue was really the only place that could take him away. And lo and behold, two weeks before he's supposed to report to Annapolis, that's when Coach Barkley reached out to him, and wow. as soon as they sent me the text, he caught me to, me in on text. I thought, okay, here here, here we go, you know. And yeah. and so like back to your question about that transition, you know, the only and I'll stand by this. The only question I asked him if he had confidence in his abilities, right? And once he said yes, and I said, well, worst case scenario, you may have to eat two years before you're allowed to to prove yourself, you know, and. Um, it was when we were walking up to Coach Brom's penthouse. He gave me a look. I already knew where where he was going. That I thought, okay, here we go. I mean, this is this is going to be what you you're going to take out hard road, you know. But yeah, you know, ne neither myself or his mom we couldn't live it for him. So he that's that grown up decision he had to make. Yeah, that's really cool. I, um, you know, myself as a as a new father, I have um, an almost two year old. Um, so just thinking about it, I guess, from that kind of perspective is, is just really cool. And it's neat to hear how much trust and, you know, just uh, um, you knew that Devin was going to make the right decision, um, you know, no matter what. Um, but it, it's just cool to hear that that counsel that you gave him, you know, just asking him that question and just having that full confidence that he was going to make the best decision. Um, and we've all we're all super glad that he he made that decision. We've all loved his time at Purdue. Um, seems like a great kid and we're excited to get to know more about him and of course you as well uh, um, and so uh, I think Frank uh, also has some questions that he's come up with for you too yeah absolutely um you know and, and uh, uh, you know, there's been, been a lot of news around the program uh, you know in the last couple of weeks um, you know and I think one of the biggest stories is is his scholarship that was you know given to him by by coach Walters and uh, was wanting to see, um, you know, how, how much interaction have you had with uh, with our new football coach, and uh, kind of what were your impressions of him so far? I think I'm just like you guys. I've had uh, pretty much zero interaction with him. All, all I can do okay. is kind of pick Devin's brain on what he thinks of the man in the room, right? Because, like, what I do is I'll, I'll watch Golden Black or whoever else is advertising, you know, any of the interviews, right, and try and try and read into that character of like, okay. And, and I think I've said this before, his confidence in himself is, is what sold me, you know, because just like coming over here, you know, the cradle quarterbacks, all of a sudden you're going to have a percentage of people going, he's a defensive coach. 
Yeah, but he's a pretty confident defensive coach. You, you know what I mean? And so that means somebody doesn't like losing. Somebody wants to win and compete regardless of their job title. So I think that's going to pull over into what they see Purdue become, you know, which, which is good. You know, I, I think, you know, Devin being new is only second year into it. You know, I think people have to stop being institutionalized with what they think a concept is. You know, because everybody loves a winner, right? No matter how you get there, everybody's going to love a winner. But if 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 they're just wanting to see high flying balls and this and that, then they're going to wonder, well, we can't get a good back because we're always passing, or they're going to go, our defense is wore out because of this, you know. So I think, you know, Coach Walters probably the perfect guy at the right time, actually, because it's an empty field. If if guys leave, they're leaving and and whatnot. But now everybody coming in feels like it's just like if you're going to a big camp somewhere, this guy doesn't really know you. He can't go off with this and that stat. He's going to look at your performance of practice and stuff, and guys may get elevated like that. He comes off very much as a guy who is confident in himself to know what he doesn't know and put people in positions to to cover that deficiency. Deficiency. <laughs> Yeah, yeah his, I his confidence definitely prevails, and and it's not a it doesn't seem to be a facade either. Right? He he truly believes he he runs the best defensive scheme in the country, and and I like that personally. I, I like that oh. you know, that level of confidence, and yeah, um, you know, and I, I know he said he 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 wants to run the ball a lot, you know, as well, which uh, has got to be exciting for for both Devin and oh. you and you know. I think the man doesn't like losing, and and like I said, you you should be a good loser. And that's a content 500 person, you know. So uh, if he's got that chip on his shoulder about being the best, he's wanting to, he's not going to just want to show that in an uh, in a, in a Illinois outfit, right? He's going to want to show that he's the best. His concept is no matter who's in front of him or what players he has, he's going to make it work for him. And I, I, I respect that part, you know. And I, he's he's often said something that I wholeheartedly respect, and that is the numbers speak for themselves. I'm a numbers oriented mm-hmm. person, and you know you can't you 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 can't argue the defensive numbers he's he's yeah. put up. And you know, speaking yeah. of numbers, you know, Devin uh, knocking on the door of, of uh, a couple rec- uh, another record actually on this <laughs> season. You know, as as I kind of reflect back on his season, like man, he's had some he's really had some great moments, and and I won't I won't I, I won't share mine just just you know on the the off chance that we have the same favorite moment, but if you had to pick one favorite moment of the season uh, for Devin, what would you say that was? See, it's easy for me because just like this youth league shirt, you know, you've watched football and kids for a long time. And so I feel like he's playing the same way he's always played. But like the moment that I liked the most was <clears> probably <throat> after the Minnesota run, the big 10 network held the cameras on the sideline, just a little long. Right. And you could see his teammates coming up high-fiving, hugging, coaches coming over, grabbing him. That's when I feel like the success of a walk-on transcends over because now you're you're being accepted as one of the boys. Not only did you help a team knock off a team they hadn't beaten in a few years, you you get to embrace that moment of those guys coming over and going, man, that's, man, you know, so for as a dad or as a parent in general, that was better than the run for me, you know. No, that was actually my favorite moment as well. Was that, that I think that I, run. I'd, I'd third that. That is definitely yeah, that, probably I, my favorite moment. And I'll, I'll never forget watching that. You know, as I, 
uh, I was watching with my, my father-in-law and I was telling him like, that is that, you know, he's, he's a walk-on and he's not playing. He's, he couldn't believe it. It's like, he's not playing like a walk-on. Like, nope, no, he's not. And he just iced this game for us. And yeah, I just that remember was, that, that play going through my head. He goes right. And I'm like, Oh, this will be a couple. And he's gone. Yeah. That was crazy. But, but, yeah. but even, even the, you know, the cut-ups, the cutaways of the videos, if you hear <laughs> coach Barkley telling him, you face adversity and you responded right because you remember earlier he, he fumbled and so like as family you're like yeah, he, he's done he, he ain't coming back in this mm -hmm. game right and so for him to be able to recover and come back and do that and have that moment and then the team kind of still embrace him say man it was all right you made up for it that that yeah. was uh that was good that was good yeah and i well, um i love when he makes that cut to then break away down the field because he could have, you know, we're trying to kill the clock at that point. He could have very easily just like laid down and gotten, gotten the easy first down. And he said, Nope. And, you know, tried to take it to the house and he almost, he almost made it. He, he stiff armed a guy for a good five, 10 yards. That was, that's, that you know, arm was amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I just love that mentality of like, just going for it all. Um, really hey, he, out of him. Even if he runs for three yards, he's trying to score. Trust me. That's why they think, Oh, he just runs hard. No, he's running to try and score every time he yeah. touches. It's not, you know, so, so like I said, those three yard little, little B stack up yards, every one of them in his mind, he's wanting to go, you know? Right. When the, and this, this may sound slightly embarrassing, but I, I go back and I watch that. I've watched that play probably 30 times and I still don't completely understand what all he did. I mean, there was just so much <laughs> shifting and so much lateral movement. I mean, it, it, it's a kind of an odd comparison here, but it reminded me of Jason Williams. If anyone remembers Jason Williams, the point guard, you'd have to slow down his a lot of his crazy passes to understand what just happened. So it was uh, an interesting comparison there for me. But um, you know, and, and you know, to your point, you know, the the players kind of embracing him after that that play was was something really special. And you know, those are the things that you know the everyday fan you know um, maybe doesn't get. And I, I know oftentimes when we have players on here and. Uh, uh, you know, people close to the program, such as yourself. Uh, we always like to try to see if there's any maybe funny stories that you you would have to be willing to share. Are there any uh, funny or memorable stories so far from Devin's career or your well, the program? The playing part, there's really no humor in his playing part, except for you know, you can tell. You know, I always try and read his face. You can kind of think, but like for me, you know, we trade out vehicles during winter time, right? Because mm -hmm. obviously Lafayette has a little bit more aggressive than what we have down here in southern indiana so la last year what was funny is when we had that like six inches, six inches here i think they might have him between eight and ten and uh he kept sending me pictures of him pulling out his buddies and teammates with my truck <laughs> and, and I, I was getting a pick out because he felt like he was a big man on campus right because if they broke down let's let's call Devin. <laughs> and so he would send me a video and i would start laughing because i thought first i first i would go Man, please don't tear up my truck. But right. like, that's, that's 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 good because you're still being a kid, and you're you know it's another way of making friends, right? You know you you, you know if, if they're calling you, hey, you, you better go because that means they're depending on you. So that's 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 fun for me, and fun. I'm sure it's fun for him. That's awesome, Dylan. I think you're up with the question. Alrighty, Conrad, how are you, sir? Uh, big fan of your family. I I know uh, Uncle Craig. I don't know if he wants me to call him Uncle Craig, but I will. <laughs> he follows me on Twitter. Uh, big so fan funny. of his. Big fan of yours. Your family, in my opinion, is the first family of Purdue football. Uh, just <laughs> like you're all such nice people. Uh, but when it comes to Devin's support system, obviously you and your family and 
and you know us Purdue faithful and uh, the city of Boonville. Uh, what's that support mean to Devin and your family, and how has that helped him uh, through his journey? Well, I, I think it's everything because even when Devin was in high school, you know, it's like the town embraced him because, <clears throat> and 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 I know my fellow man from Evans will understand what I'm going to say. The only time they wrote about Boonville was if somebody from Evansville came and played us. You know, a, a team from Evansville, your, your local teams like Memorial, Central, and Rights, if they played us, you know, we hit the paper because they, they wrote about those guys playing, right? And so we tried to re reverse that flow to where it became about Devin and Boonville, and the, the town really took to, to that pretty good because they kind of understood that, you know, hey, you know, they're talking about us for, 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 for whatever reason which made it nice and then once he got even when he went to navy man they were like hey let's give him key to city let's do some things and then when he switched it was still our kids gonna he's gonna be on tv our kids gonna play on tv i hope he makes it you know and it. and so when he came back uh when boonville did play an undefeated team uh rights right and boonville mm -hmm. won Devin was here he, he was he was on at the game and you can't imagine the fanfare of just kids bringing up whatever they could grab mm -hmm. to have him sign. And, and, you know, and, and I thought this is the life, you know, this is, this is what you're about, what you're supposed to be about is your town getting to enjoy your moment, you know? And, uh, you know, I have a pretty big Facebook and I keep wondering when they'll shut down my photos. Cause I keep putting photos on, <laughs> but I have a road to recruitment on there. And so a lot of people feel like they've grown up with Devin from the time he's played youth league in Boonville till, now you get to see them on TV, but they feel like they've actually lived that journey through, you know, photographs and videos. And so it's, it's super awesome. You know, when big 10 network came before the championship game and half the stuff they put in the video were things that me and my family have taken, you know, like a couple of videos of his runs at the high school level, the mock train board at Baker's tax place. I took that picture with my cell phone, you know, and it was fun to see, Boonville put in such a light because as you know people go i didn't even know where Boonville was and people will go ah it's about 17 18 miles east of evansville <laughs> yeah yeah and it's kind of a uh you know the southern part of indiana is a pretty predominantly iu uh centric place so it's cool to see boonville just get not behind now, them and man. not care about you know um, yeah not anymore but uh if you saw somewhere out there you can track down a picture of our tailgate at the iu game and it's going to be black, white, and red, and everything, because everybody was saying, "You know, we're here cheering, and we're getting in trouble by other IU fans because we got red IU stuff on." But every time Devin touched the ball, we're yelling, and these guys can't figure it out, right? And they were like being proud, going, "He's from my school or my town," you know. So it was, it was, it was. That's awesome. That is great. I mean, you know, I think he'll always remember that game, you know, because you want to be a part of things that lead you to certain histories, right? So. They had to win. They controlled their own destiny that game, right? So they had to win to get to that Big Ten championship. Yeah. And for him to play a role, for him to come out of that mass of guys holding the, the bucket and running over to, you know, I thought, you know, Hollywood couldn't make stuff up. Yeah. You, you see what I mean? I mean, we left town and a local guy that works at a car dealership, we met there at four, caravaned up with seven cars, picked up a couple more to Kroger and Bloomington, pulled in with nine cars. Next thing you know, we got like 35 people. And uh, <laughs> it's just, I can't stress enough what Boonville has done to be the 12th man for Devin, you know. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah.
So you talk about uh, photography and the photos you've taken. I've noticed your, your great shots on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> so enough about Devin. What got you into photography, and how did well, you first uh, get into that world? Well, I've always taken pictures. I just try to keep up in my game because, you know, when your kids start getting active, you want to capture all that stuff because, you know, yeah. back in the day, what did you have to do? You had to take a roll of film and take and drop it <laughs> off and pick it up, things like that. And you might have a photo album. And you just hope that doesn't stick together. Well, now, you know, I'm probably on my fourth or fifth DSLR camera. And I try to, you know, I know you have to spend the money on the lenses, whatnot, but you know, it's one thing to take pictures and it's another thing to turn them into something. So if you've seen like my game day posts and things like that, I try to bring those pictures to where somebody has something unique, a one of one. And so, you know, it's, it's perfect for my kids because I can put them in a different light. Uh, there's kids from Boonville and other athletes that, you know, they, they'll use my pictures as, uh, you know, sports profiles because, you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, the same way that Devin got there, other kids can get there from Southern Indiana, but they have to play the system right. And so, you know, I use my media pass to take pictures of, you know, baseball, basketball, football at high school in Boonville. And I hope, you know, the athletes that want to go somewhere, they'll, they'll grab them and kind of dice them up. And, you know, but that's, that's, that's how, and, and I don't need pats on the back. It's, you know, the pat on the back is, if you get there, you know, there was a kid that was just going to Kentucky and Westland to play football. And he said, Mr. Mockaby, uh, I want to do my commitment page. Uh, I'll pay you for whatever. You know, I so saw I whipped him up something, sent it to him. And he goes, what? Oh, yes. No, man, you've done all the work, right? You've done all the work. You you, you go enjoy it. You, you know, the, the, any kid that gets to go play college football, no matter what level, you know, they've, they've earned that, right? You know? Awesome. But but I love taking. I believe photos are are you know nobody thinks about until somebody passes away, right? And you're like, man, I wish I would have had those moments. You know, yeah. my kids, my kids won't have to worry about that because they'll have information overload when it comes to photos. They'll always know. They'll always know dad was behind the lens, right? Yeah, I lost my dad in February, man, and and I was lucky enough to take plenty of photos. Yeah, and he did too. He's a lot. I I see a lot of parallels uh, with. Your relationship with Devin and my relationship with my dad, I just wasn't uh, an incredible athlete by any means. But <laughs> besides that, you know, I see yeah. a lot. And yeah. my dad was a huge photographer, and I'm lucky to have, you know, so many photos of him and I at Purdue oh. games. And you know, he's the reason I'm such a big Purdue guy. And so oh. uh, I, I just I, I can I can uh, appreciate you and Devin and your relationship, man, because uh, that's I just I love that stuff. I'm. I will. I will go to war for your family. I just want you to know. That. Hey, if, <laughs> if you've seen any of my photos from the IU game, that was yeah. tough because that was like from the fifty-six row, and so yeah. getting them to actually kind of that was fun. that was some work, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I enjoy. I I'd, I'd rather. I mean, I don't like being bothered when I'm watching a game because I'm I'm into that moment. You're trying to anticipate things yeah. like that, and uh, it's a. Uh, you know, I, I get to enjoy the game over and over again, you know, mm -hmm. going through pictures, you know, I, because you guys were talking about Devin's cuts. And luckily the guys on the sideline, there's a few photographers I'm starting to know now on the sidelines, but watch his eyes. Don't worry about his hips and his feet. Watch mm -hmm. Devin's eyes because a lot of those pictures, those steals, you, you can see what what goes on with him, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It's, so, you're uh, just, so you're basically you're saying he needs to wear a sunshade next year because you give away that secret. Yeah. He's I, got I, somewhere. I, <laughs> I believe if a, if a linebacker wanted to be, then you know, they used to say, watch his waist. He can't, can't, can't split in two, right? I think if you, you know, his eyes, but, you know, his eyes are moving quick, but he, he's definitely yeah. reading everything. Pretty, pretty process is pretty quick. That's really, but, really cool. Um, I really like uh, hearing you talk about, you know, taking all those photos and everything. And it's funny because my mother-in-law is the same exact way. And I used to give her a hard time about it because my family, we just, they just didn't take a lot of pictures uh, when we were growing up. And so my mother-in-law, there's, uh, she takes lots of pictures in general of like my daughter and, and my, uh, our family and everything. But uh, what, one thing that was funny is the story that we would always tell is uh, there was this time when, so she had uh, stage four breast cancer back in like 2004, 2005. And um, at the time my wife was really young. And so they, as uh, to celebrate her being in remission, they took the whole family to Disney world. And one of those days they went to sea world, I think, and, and went to like swim with the dolphins and stuff. And literally it's like a stop motion film. All the pictures that my wife, my wife's mom, took it's like you could like make a, a movie out of everything and, and it's so cool and, and you're right you know having all of those memories and even my wife my wife is an only child so even her cousins are basically her sisters in in my mother-in-law's eyes and so you know when it came time for like senior day and stuff uh her parent their parents were always hitting up my mother-in-law because they knew that she already had an album ready to go and um you know with tons of memories from their um, times in sports or other things too and so it's just it's just really really cool oh you you can capture the best moments in, with, a, with a camera right um when Devin graduated every kid that got a diploma got a picture taken up because i was just right where i could work that out to where everybody got a picture right and so that's stuff that other parents they may be sitting behind the stands right they, they never get that moment but you know if you can capture that for them uh, they'll be your friend for life. And, you know, it got to where on a Friday night as a football game, I would take probably up to a thousand pictures. Right. And I would put every one of them out shy, maybe a hundred, but in between seven and 900, I would whip out and have them out by Saturday afternoon to where those parents could go through and pull pictures and, 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 and want this or that. But, you know, those moments, you know, they're numbered because, you know, like I said, you're only there four years. Next thing you know, that kid's graduating, working, or doing something. But you, you will have those things captured. And somebody mentioned senior night; those players' last football games. You've probably been a thousand games where it's the last go around for those seniors. I don't care what level to get them and their parents embracing. You know, you're not you're not going to get better moments, right? Because they're basically saying, "Job well done." You finished your race. This is awesome. I know you're sad now, but you'll look back and have a great time. And so mm -hmm. that, that's that, if you can get those, man, you're, you're doing good. Uh, the one photographer that got Devin during that, uh, we talked about the coach coming in and giving that. Remember the hands up pose? Mm -hmm. That guy that got that still photo, I, I personally thanked him for that, for that moment because that's a moment because you're not going to see that happen very often of a coach walking in and giving a kid a scholarship and that photographer in the room catching that. So that, yeah. that, was, that was big for me to have that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a couple of us, a few of us, three of us, I think, um, are parents in here. Yeah. Um, and we've gotten some perspective of like players' experience, you know, being on the field and success and that type of stuff. But kind of what's it like being from the parent side of it? You know, we all want to be um, 
as parents, you know, we want the best for our kids and everything like that. But just kind of seeing it all, you know, the 18 years of hard work kind of culminate into the success he's had on the field. Well, I think the best way I can put it is you get the same feelings you got when they were little, playing whatever, because, you know, in football, you got 11 guys going out there. So first thing you do is you're scanning the sideline to see if you're, you see that number that belongs to you, right? And then, and then once you go, oh, then the excitement starts building. You know, you're like, okay, what formations? You start really looking into things and going and try to anticipate some stuff. But, you know, I was happy last year when he came and he had done a hamstring before their first game. So he was one of the guys just in street clothes on the sideline. Dude, I was tickled pink because he was standing on a Purdue sideline, right? You know, mm-hmm. it, that to me was like, man, you made it. You're here. You, you know, because no matter what, you're hearing the same noise around you that everybody on the field's hearing. And so as a parent, I took video of that. I took video of him coming out, walking in uh, Purdue sweat clothes, <laughs> running over to the sideline because I was just like, dude, this is your moment. You made it, you know. You, yeah, so, so like playing, watching him play now, you know, you got two factors, right? You don't want to see that wrong hit and that bad this or that bad that. But you want them to be successful. You want them to 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 have a role to to feel like, and, and to me, I want him to have a role to where that guy on the other sideline has to start scheming towards him, which 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 is great because if you become a value, now you now you truly are, a, you know, you're starting to separate even the eleven on the field, right? Because you're like, man, I got I got a scheme for this cat. You know, and so if you can if you can get to that level, then that's all a parent can want because, trust me, I guarantee there's kids on that sideline that that may even live in the same uh, apartment as Devin, that probably are having a, they've been there a year or two longer, and have never seen being that eleven on that field, right? Mm. So so for one, I'm I'm like okay, we're blessed that he's able to do that, but as a parent, you you, you want everybody to experience it, right? it's like man that's that's the best because i because i remember him calling or doing this or that when the team was actually playing at away games right because he couldn't even dress and go go to the away games last year so it, it was a that's a totally different vibe from being one of the hero guys on friday night you, you, you see what i mean and so as a parent man all, all you want to do is hope that he comes out healthy but you, but you still want them to shine. You want, you want, you know, you're at that point now where you understand the touches are limited in your career, right? And so you need to make the most of that opportunity. And I think that start against Nebraska was a perfect time for him. To, but and, and they videoed after, right? If you remember seeing the video after, he was saying, you know, I just wanted to show these guys I could play, right? And and. Uh, and that's that's huge. If if you can if you can just have that confidence and that same video, you know, I think one of the best things out there is that you know um, doubt will kill more dreams than failure ever will, right? And so, in that same video, he talks about wanting to prove himself. If you fast forward to the Big Ten championship video where they show the journey video, you know, before the championship game, he has that moment of doubting himself. You know, doubting if he thought he could play with those guys. And then he figured out he could by doing on the field. But that's the one thing you don't want your kids doing is, is doubting their abilities because it's going to change everything, yeah. you know. 
and that's actually a good segue thank you into my next question um and we see Devin run like a man possessed you know all the time it's it's a hundred mile an hour all go no quit um until he either gets tackled or reaches the end zone and they call him soap for a good reason um so it does is there any like so and i say this totally respectfully so don't take this uh, negatively um the the small amount of d1 offers that he uh, that he had is there kind of, does he have a little bit of a like a chip on his shoulder like a lack of respect when he runs cuz it, it not that he necessarily has has to prove anything but kind of oh no he he, he always has to prove something you know what i mean he, he he has to have that chip on his, his shoulder because like you like you hit it on the head every school out here has a chance to offer a lot of kids in America, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you want to walk out of there. I mean, and I know I said this yesterday. When he played Indiana State, we went there for a junior day. He put the jersey on. He went through the photo session, and they offered another back that was there while we were there. And so when he got to play Indiana State, I know he was biting at that bit wanting to play him because, you know, you know, I had, had correspondence through COVID and stuff with the running backs coach and other things. And, you know, the feedback was always, well, just keep lifting. Or, well, we like our guys a little bigger. And then he goes out and not only he leads our team in rushing, scores a touchdown, double stiff arms guys that were trying to tackle him. And uh, you can't imagine the internal pride I had knowing knowing that that was a team that in state had a chance to get him right and so every team he faces if they didn't call they didn't send a card they didn't you're 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 supposed to treat them to where when you walk off somebody's asking somebody else about their job and going why didn't we get this kid right why didn't we follow this guy you know because uh i know just like coach walters was uh coach walters saying you know whenever he offered he's like He's like that guy's. He, that guy's a walk on. He's like, what's going on over there? You know, uh, yeah. you know, he he has tons of respect for Devin, and so that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, like, but I'm so glad cool. you. I'm glad you said that because you know the best way I describe that is Devin had the best job interview against his defense, right? Because you know his defense was ranked what fourth against the run at that time, probably the nation. Uh, they were holding guys to a certain average, so Devin outrushed that average. And, you know, you all know coaches just don't start coaching when the season starts. They, 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 they're working on their concept all year. And so that meant, man, I've got it going, you know, like this. This is great. I've got everybody locked in. I'm holding teams down points, and I'm holding guys in the averages. And then, like I said, Devin comes along, and the perfect person for Purdue to hire, right, because – you know, what What else can he do? If you were going for a job, you'd want that guy that excelled against everything you thought, right? So it, it, it was a good moment, you know, for, for for both both guys. It's a win-win for both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you, you kind of mentioned a little bit there the, the pride um, that you feel at different moments. But uh, most of us, our kids are, are younger, than those of us that have kids. And so, you know, we're sitting there celebrating and being proud of, like, first steps and, you know, first words and things like that. But, I mean, what is it like, especially been like this season, when you have moments like, you know, getting a walk-on invite and then earning a roster spot and then earning a starting job and then setting a freshman rushing record and getting a scholarship as the new coach's first activist. Like, what what has those moments been like 
you know, each time? Like, is it just like never get old that feeling of like, man? No, I mean, for 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 us, I, I, when I say us, I mean his family because there's a lot of us. It was a big part of his recruitment, even in high school and all that. And so, you know, Devin's had a lot of accolades. You know, he's had a lot of accolades coming up through the system. And so to show you, and, and this is, I'm going to say this, try to be as respectful as I can. It shows you how faulty the system is, right? Because here you got a kid, he got a, a two-star rivals rating, a three-star uh, 247 ranking after his first senior game. He only played two quarters, right? But, but it never increased, never went anywhere. Here's a kid that led the nation in three categories after his first four games in high school. Never, never drew interest. You know, those aren't on Devin. Devin was doing everything he could do to mm -hmm. get that notice. And so it may surprise people of his walk here. He's always been that guy. You know, there's only a certain percentage of people that say, I led the nation in rushing yards, touchdowns, and points scored all at the same time. He's one of those guys. And so to and remember, he walked away from a scholarship to, to, to do it because he believed himself because he was that guy. He was that guy that became a state champion when our school hadn't had one since 1933. It's, it's not, it's, it's the labels of walk-ons and scholarship guys. There's, you know, I tell Devin, there's 11 guys on the field. There's a lot of, a lot of both of those other guys standing on the sideline holding helmets. You see what I mean? So he can't play any different just because they gave, because that's just a monetary value of a business decision that you can't control. So him doing what he's doing, in a way, it's expected, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, if you've done all these other things in your past, we don't. We expect you to get better as you just keep it noted, right? That's what everybody here at Purdue right now is going, man, he's done that as a freshman <clears throat> two or three years from now and his body matures. Well, yeah, he's supposed to. Just like if you come in high school as a freshman and you get to play varsity, they're all going to say the same thing. Man, when he's a senior, he's going to be pretty yeah. dominant, right? So it works the same way. It's just a, It's just the same process. You just gotta hope to stay healthy <laughs> is the biggest. Right. Yeah. But uh, but I believe uh, he will play the same way he's always played because that's just how he's he, he's designed to, to do those things. But he doesn't know anything different. No, I mean he yeah. he's just like you know. Uh, I think if like I said, he's not a good loser, right? Because he will he will be mad at himself for messing up, dude. When he fumbled that Nebraska game. Mm -hmm. guys like me and guys in my family we we were like oh i sure hope he gets back in because we knew what that meant we mm -hmm. knew that it changed a different thought process in his mind on i gotta make this up because he's a yeah. people pleaser just like when north, when the northwestern thing he got knocked out of northwestern game uh tom deanhart came to our tailgate party at the iu game right beforehand and i told dom i said i said i don't know if coach brom and barkley have understood Devin yet but this is a game that Devin's going to have a good one in. And he was like, why do you say that? I said, because he's going to make up in his mind for going out after five plays against Northwest. Because <clears throat> you know, in his mind, he's going to be like, oh, that's that's not how I want my thing to go. And if you guys – were you guys at the IU game? I watched it on TV. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember him getting upended and getting helped off the field? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. so I was like, oh, no. But he went in the tent got on the bike, went back in because of that mindset of you're not going to do it to me again. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. so it was, it was really, 
it's it's good that he's confident because I know he's got a high pain tolerance. But you know, you, you want your kids to make the best decisions too. But uh, I would have been no. down for two weeks after a hit like that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> two weeks, two I, years. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I asked him. He said he said he just hyperextended his knee, and he did it. I guess the just. FAU baby. Yeah, that's what he said. I said, okay. And so he was like, fine, you know. But when he went in, and I think he picked up eight yards on two carries, and I thought, okay, you know, actions actions will show me, uh, you know, if he's good. You know, just so, hyperextended a knee. I pulled a shoulder picking up a towel the other day. Come on. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I feel like Devin's going to be that guy that the players, the coaches are going to have to drag him off the field and be like, you cannot play. Like, you are too injured or you're too – you know, whatever, because he's gonna he's gonna have that mentality of like, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Well, I, I tell him you you gotta be honest because there's a difference between hurt and injury. Everybody's playing yeah. is hurt, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, I think Devin and Purdue. I think Purdue. What they'll learn is you know, and I think it's just the way he's been raised. You 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 chase goals, right? You you chase measurements. You chase goals. If it's track, it's distances and times, right? If it's football, the game's built on 10 yards. You chase that, the, the best average you can get. You, you chase things. And so at this school now, what, what's he got? He's got three records probably or two. two the, uh, the, the most yard rushing most, record and mm-hmm. – And the season rushing record, right? Mm-hmm. And then if he can get 1,000 yards, he'll join a, another exclusive club with uh, six other backs and be the seventh guy to do it in the history right there. Mm-hmm. And so you start looking at those top 10 names on that list. And Devin is that kind of guy that's going to want to not climb that ladder. You know, he's going to want to get those guys, which is which is how you teach kids to, to – I mean, that's the only reason why they have records, right? You, you want somebody to try and beat those things. They're not just there to be staying stay there forever. You, you want guys to try to have achievements. And even if you get close, you still become a, a good player, you know. And so he's he's just designed to want to, you know, always want to do his best, which is great. You know, he was so mad about missing that one yard at IU, right? Ninety nine yards because they'd had a poster come out earlier. He's got four one hundred yard games. Like he, he wants one hundred yards every time he goes out. You know, because you know the the stigma with the way Devin looks, right? Because everybody's like, oh, is he a DB or a wide out or something, a receiver? And you tell them they're running back, oh, yeah, okay. And uh, when they played ISU that first game, you got that touchdown, everybody was kind of happy, but the naysayers were still, well, that's ISU. What's he going to do in a Big Ten? Because, you know, Big Ten and every 100-yard game is coming against Big Ten opponents, you know. And 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 that's to, to basically keep quieting those critics down, saying, you know, hey, you know, if, if you can play football, you can play regardless of school name, conference, whatever. You know, I, I'm, I'm just a firm believer that, uh, you know, you're not playing against teams. You're playing against designers of the game, just like you're playing a video game, right? You're wanting to, you know, everybody calls them cheat codes. No, like Pac-Man, people would figure out the motions of the ghost because that's how it's designed, right? And so football, everything's based off of 10 yards. And so you beat those averages to where the math becomes simple. If you're a five-yard averager, <laughs> you know, right, or, or, or better, the game becomes a little easier if you're calling stuff, right? And so you beat how the game's made. To to, to You get those kids. I know you guys got young kids, but if they play sports, you want them to, you want them to be there till senior night, right? Because that means they've mm-hmm. played something from the time they started till 
that last go around, they walk out there with their parents and everybody's clapping for you. And that means they played something they liked all that time. You know, yeah. I've been lucky so far. You know, it's uh, it's cool you talk about, um, you know, him wanting to knock those uh, records out and, and and be that guy and everything. And, um, you know, people, uh, you know, schools overlooking him, people overlooking him, not being sure about him and who he is and what he's capable of. Um, I don't know if you caught it last week or not. I got to have a, a sit down one on one with Markel, who was the previous uh, single season freshman rushing record holder. And he said he talked to DJ and, and Coach Barclay over the summer. Um, he attended a practice or a scrimmage or something. And he said he knew he said he saw Devin break off for like a 60 yard run. And he said he just knew he said he wasn't surprised uh, when he broke the record. Um, so it's just uh, yeah, I just thought that was a cool story. So just well, that with I, you. And I saw that interview, and the most honest thing was when you asked him about how he feel about. He said he went through all the motions, and that's what a person's supposed to do, right? Because it meant something to to him, right? It meant something to hold that, and so that's 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 what that's the moment I got out of that whole interview you had. I just watched it before I got on here again. Oh, cool! Is is, is <laughs> that uh, you know that moment of him saying it, it meant something to him? That's what you want, because it's supposed to. I mean, if somebody achieves something, it should, it should, they should want that to last as long as time exists, you know. Right. And, and but like I said, there's got to be guys that want to chase you. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it. We did a um, fun little draft a few weeks back about uh, kind of building our own football roster out of like Purdue era from the last twenty years to the last Rose Bowl, you know, championship era. And we talked about how, you know, you think that one thousand yards is is kind of a bigger club. But no, it's only been been done eight times by six guys. So if he joins yeah. that, like that's that's a heck of a thing to put on your on your record book. Yeah, for sure. Especially, especially for sure. if you look at how many guys have carried that rock. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you really go down to twenty eight years of Purdue football or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, exactly. yeah, yeah. You know, and so it it the going back to the Northwestern game with you know only being done after five carries. Oh, he was he was uh, pretty turned inside out because he was. You know, in his mind, he was still chasing everything, and he's still chasing. You know, he's got the mountain keeps getting taller with with everybody leaving and transferring and opting out, and coaches being gone. But you know what? It's still football. It's still it's still yeah. the, the game you're going to play. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you've been doing a good job of segueing into some of these questions. <laughs> that goes right into my last question. It's kind of like uh, you know, give you an opportunity to expound. There you go. Hey, there you go. Um, <laughs> give you an opportunity to expound on some of the things you've. Yeah. Um, some of the things you've already talked about, there's going to be a lot in this question. So kind of stick with me here and then you can kind of dig into what you want to and, and not what you don't. Um, but yeah, with all the portal and NIL and recruiting craziness going on, um, you know, what was it like talking through the Purdue decision with him? And, you know, was it as much the program, which you've kind of talked about this a little bit, uh, but the program and the history and the education at Purdue as it was the coaching staff? And um, how is it being part of like the parent circle when other kids are doing that and you might be friend with a certain parent that his kid, you know, automatically just decides to transfer, or, you know, I sit out of a bowl game. How does that kind of alter the parent circle a little bit? Like, well, I looked at the portal and team dynamic is like, like people switching churches and going to heaven, right? Cause you're not going to get in because of the name of that church, you know, you're going to get in because of what you believe. And so Devin believed in, his best chances of being successful in a, in a field, right? Regardless of, 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 of a person, uh, you know, 
And I think I, I put it this way yesterday. Say all of us sitting right now on this here made it to the NFL, we don't get the luxury of picking that coach. You know, we don't we don't get a luxury of picking that system. And we just want that phone call saying, Hey, hey, we got interest and we'd like you to join such and such club. So it doesn't matter, you know, where you're going. You gotta you gotta love playing. And so that's why he stayed there because it was schooling first and the physical activity second because everybody that plays is one injury away from hanging up and needing yeah. plan B, right? And so the NIL stuff, you know, we've worked on Brandon De uh, Brandon Devon for a long time on that hashtag mock train. So it, it became a little dogfight when the Big Ten Network and that announcer kicked out crazy legs that time. And I was like, oh, no, you know, because <laughs> you know, they kind of took off and uh, – but if you if you just hashtag that in the Twitter you, and, and just put on the latest, you're going to scroll back and you're going to see it all the way back to, to early high school. I mean, but but we've been branding there for a long time. Devin's got YouTube videos out there from when he was in seventh and eighth grade. I mean, so, so it was very important that who he was here followed him to wherever he goes. You, you, you see what I'm saying? And uh, so, so like the parent circle, there's only a few that's reached out because I, I found out there was another back that I guess is on the track team that Coach Barkley pulled over and Devin competed against him at the state tournament in track and field. So that was fun contact. But my biggest probably contact is is uh, Brady Allen's dad, Chris, because, of course, they played against each other uh, yeah. back here in Boonville. Yeah. And people don't know it, but they actually played against each other when they was young and traveled basketball. And so oh. I've, I've known Chris for a bit and – and Brady Allen, and I think Brady, I think uh, ISU he got in. He's only, I think, career-wise right now, three passes, right? And I know that adjustment of being the guy. I mean, he was the man at Gibson Southern. You know, yeah. you just want those guys to not lose their confidence and realize that, you know, you got to beat the system. Unfortunately, it's a, there's a system. Yeah, it's a, it's a system. But – you know, I talked to Chris and, you know, he, you know, and he was at a lot of those spring practices and other practices. So I would bounce off him what he thought. And he's like, man, you know, I don't know how they're keeping him off the field this year, you know. And, uh, you know, and so you believe the guys that you know, you know. And so you you, you want to keep those relationships with the team. But now, like you said, that parent circle, I feel like every parent that's got a kid on that team needs to help pull other kids in. You know, yeah. because, you know, if I see a recruit that's jumped in the transfer portal, boom, I'm going to throw something in Purdue and they're kind of saying, hey, man, you know, they paid, they put, they won the West. They've gotten a Big Ten championship. Perfect situation. New guys, new eyeballs. You know, so yeah. I feel like if, if parents get involved, they can help their child out just by other players coming, right? Just by, yeah. you know, not, not saying you don't have a good nucleus or good players here, but, why let guys slip up, slip away, right? You can't control mm -hmm. the guys that are hitting the portal on your own team. But if you see guys out there, or you know other recruits, other recruits that you know that could help. You know what you're hoping your kid can do while he's at Purdue. A parent should be doing that. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, and honestly, that's one thing that makes me respect Devin even more. Is that you know Navy is is known for their run game. They are an option loving, mm -hmm. run the ball yeah. every play kind of team. And we and yeah. he probably knows very well he would have gotten tons oh. of reps. At he was going to be, and, yeah, he was going to be a B back there. Yeah, I mean centralized back. So he, he was, and 
and he says, no, I'm going to go to Purdue, which mm -hmm. is a school that is known for the air raid offense. So he knew from the beginning he was going to have to not only go there to earn playing time as a walk on, but he was going to have to really earn it because that's not a they're not a path. They're not a run first school. But it worked. And, but it worked out for him because they run the same system that Boonville runs. And oh, so, wow. it, so he was almost a 2000 yard guy and and. If we wouldn't have lost two games, he would have had a 2,000-yard regular season, okay, before any sectionals and stuff. So he knew he could still be successful, you know, because, like, when, when we went there the day they recruited us, they took us to the running backs room. Coach Barkley had DJ Knox do a PowerPoint presentation, and they had Boonville plays correlated with Purdue plays. They were just called <laughs> different, but they, they wanted him to have that comfort level of knowing, like, look, this is exactly the same play you guys already run which was a win-win for, for both the team and Devin because awesome. now you going back into that, that traveling in the unknown, you're looking at like, yeah. oh, man, this is just a different location running the same stuff, you know? Right. And so it, it worked out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Conrad, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, you've been very gracious in, in answering all of our questions and everything, and we've absolutely, absolutely loved having you on here. Yes, sir. Um, just, just great to to hear your perspective on things as a father, as you know, probably a former coach of Devin at some point in time when he was younger, um, and just through the whole process and, and helping us get to know Devin a little bit more, and as, as well as the Maccabee family. Um, as, as Dylan said earlier, you know, we're all big fans of you guys. We're we're rooting for you. And uh, we all want the best for Devin. And so uh, just thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And we're, we're, we were lucky to have you on. Oh, no, it, it, it's an honor on this end. And like I said, you guys reached out. You know, that's that's the least a, a person could do. You know, like I said, giving you guys time is is that's nothing because it, it helps you guys. It helps my son. And, you know, it, it shines no light on Boonville. You know, so I think that's that's great. It's a, it's a win across the board, and I appreciate you guys' this time, man. I, I had fun. Awesome. Absolutely, yeah. awesome. I become a bigger fan of the Mockaby family by the second. God, <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it, man. <laughs> you, Uncle Craig, still don't know if he hey, wants Craig. me to call him that, but I'm going to call him that. Yeah, hey, if you see us at the tailgate, every one of you guys, welcome. Stop on by, you know. Awesome. Sure. Yes, I uh, I don't know if you saw I put uh, I I put out there a while ago I said anytime Devin has a a ten uh, a run for ten yards or more they need to play fly to the bumblebee at the stadium. <laughs> awesome. You know, well, when in track his sister and him basically did the kind of same event. She was more of a sprinter, long jumper, but they had a long jump and, and we used to call them the killer bees. Then oh, nice. you know, nice. because, yeah, it was awesome. just fun. We just play on it, you know. Oh yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for your time, Conrad. We won't keep you. We appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the rest of your vacation. Hey, you guys take care, bud. Have a good one. We'll see you. Right. Happy holidays. Hey, Merry Christmas both. All of you. All of you. Okay. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Yeah, see you. Great interview from Conrad. Uh, Conrad, uh, we're super thankful for your time again. I know we just got done saying that. But uh, great getting to know you and the Mockaby family. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited to continue to watch Devin's success and on the field and off the field as well. So thank you again for your time. Um, so, uh, basketball, that's a thing that Purdue does, uh, too. Um, they're kind Pretty of okay well. at it. They're, they're okay at it. Um, <laughs> and we get to play as the number one team in the country for the first time ever in Purdue basketball history at Mackey arena. So pretty exciting stuff. And, um, we did have a game last week and you all, you all looked at me like I was crazy when I said the, 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 the time the floyer, the floyer. Yeah. 
Floyer? Lawyer. Lawyer. Sorry, I, put, I put Fletcher Lawyer together. Floyer. Um, wow. Hashtag Floyer. We all know. First. We all know. Evans voted off the island. We all know I'm really good with words, uh, hey, aka Hi, Thunder. At a long day. And so uh, you guys all thought I was crazy saying that, oh, what if what if Davidson beats Purdue? That's going to make the lawyer family Christmas a little bit crazy. And, it, it you know, there were some points last week where uh, we thought that I thought it may, maybe it was going to happen. And you all looked at me last week like I was crazy. So, uh, Frank, you said you had a, a fun question for us to talk about with this game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that kind of the big conversation over the last two games uh, with the Nebraska and Davidson. Uh, has been shooting or uh, a lack lack of shooting. Um, so the the question I pose to the group here is, um, you know, Painter knowing what he knows about who can shoot and, and then their ability to shoot. If you're having an off night, shooting wise, do you keep shooting or do you change up the game plan? So are we given our answer or the group M tailgate? Oh no, I mean there's there's so there's no. <laughs> There's no right answer, right? But it's it's yeah. it's purely a matter of opinion. But if yeah, you but I mean, if you're if you're the coach, Russ, if you're if you're if you're coaching <laughs> your team and you know that you have your your players all historically have you know like everyone on our team, with the exception of Edie, has shot forty percent at least once in their career in a season, whether that was high school or at uh, at the D one level. So do you do you let them keep shooting when they're open and and as, as long as the shots are good, or do you switch up the game plan? What would you do? Absolutely. I mean, how else are you going to score? You got to you got to put the ball through the rim. You know, you, you've got like you said, you've got guys that you've ran the plays, you've seen them do it, and you put trust in them. You know, how are they going to shoot the next night? Then, if you just pull them out as soon as they miss a shot, you think that's going to put confidence in them? You know, how's that going to have effect on confidence over the course of the season, not just that game? So, one hundred percent. You know, you look at what kind of shot selection was it, and maybe you can talk about that, but. If it's a good shot selection, it's not going in. Why would you change anything? Well, and so uh, so Purdue shot twenty four threes against Davidson. Uh, only five were contested, you know, and so nineteen of our shots were open. And uh, I'm I'm going to agree with you there, Russ, in that you know, if if a guy who is capable of shooting has a wide open three, I'm going to encourage him to take that shot every time, whether it goes in. And there is a lot of you know. Um, a lot of people talk. So I, I was at the game. There were a lot of people talking and, you know, shouting loudly in the section I was in and, you know, things like stop shooting or what are we doing? You know, and, and just like, no, you keep shooting. You always keep shooting, in my opinion, at least. So I've a couple things. Um, at the end of the Nebraska game, I will say, yes, they were shooting open threes. However, I feel like towards the end of there, especially in overtime, um, uh, it felt like Edie, when he was getting the, the basketball, you perverts, in the post. Um, it's our fault. Okay. When he was getting the basketball in the post, he was – it was like he was immediately looking to kick it out. It was – it almost there at the end a couple of times it looked like he wasn't even thinking about trying to take it up in the post. Um, and there were a few times that um, – I don't have any timestamps or anything, but definitely a few times where I thought that he could have, you know, tried to back the guy down, tried to take it up. Um, but it felt like he was getting it and then immediately looking for the three uh, instead of taking it up. So I guess I wish that there they would – like in those instances, I wish that we would still stick with like the bread and butter of like ED, um, you know, still being the guy. And and I know that it's like his call. I know Painter said it's his call whether or not he, he passes it or takes it up. Um, I just felt like there was times where he could have taken it up. 
Um, and then I guess I'll pose this question. How long, if this shooting continues, how long, how many games do you go until you change the game plan? So like if there, if you, if you go five, six games of shooting 18% from three, are you still going to shoot from three? Because you know that statistically these guys are probably going to start making shots. Yeah, that's, I think, I think that's the question. And, and, uh, you know, I, I know Russ, you said, you know, that um, Painter said this entire season that we're a better shooting team than we've shown, but uh, maybe we're not. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe this is who we are and, you know, and that we're just an okay shooting team. Uh, we're going to have off nights. And, uh, but I, I think, you know, what, what happens on the court, and what happens in the, in the game is ultimately the most important thing uh, with, with, with respect to shooting. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that, Teams are going to double ED and they're going to dare us to beat them from, they're going to make someone else beat us. And, mm -hmm. and I'm, I, uh, I think it was on one of, one of the, the, um, the painter shows where he said that he, ED has very simple rules. If he's doubled, he, he's supposed to look to pass. If he's one-on-one, -on -one, he should look to score. Um, but I felt like in early, especially early in the second half, they did a good job of uh, sending first kind of on a sprint to the baseline to have that yeah. third option. Uh, where he would just kind of pass it over his shoulder and let first he'd have an easy layup or a dunk. And that really kind of changed how Davidson had to defend. Um, I mean, we only had, I think we had what one three in the second half. Uh, Ethan Morton had the three, but uh, that was, that was a great adjustment by painter. I thought. Um, kind of to the point where um, kind of to not nitpick, but just my thoughts. Um, I think you keep letting them shoot, shoot or shoot, and once they start seeing the ball go in, they're going to get more confidence and it's going to go in. Um, to the point of, is this just who we are? We are an okay shooting team. Painter has a very specific type of recruit he gets, and he knows that they can shoot, and he's watched hundreds of hours of combined tape between all of his shooters that I'm confident when he says we're a better shooting team than we are, that he knows that we're a better shooting team than we are. And I would I would say that, you know, if you look at like Fletch or um Braden, who are freshmen, maybe that would be the case. But it's been across the board from guys who are who are decent three point shooters, you know, um, that are are missing too. So I think that it's just uh there's some some theories out there um as to what might be happening. But um, I think that, no, you just keep let, keep stick to the game plan because, again, compared to what we did last year, defense travels and defense has, has helped us win the last two games. Um, and I think that that gives us enough of a buffer that we can, we can use that to right the ship until the shooting gets better. And I think to, to Painter's point that he made on um, his radio show last week when someone called in and basically said, you know, stop shooting so many threes, especially when they're not going in. And, you know, oh, his nice. response was great. And he said, you know, studies aren't done with large amount. I'm paraphrasing here, but studies aren't done with large amounts of data or small amounts of data. They're done with large amounts of data. So you're, <clears> you're trying to take a very small amount of data, that being the shooting from a particular game and trying to make decisions based on that. And that's just not not the best way to go about it. But um and i will say like and and like we've all said you know they've been good shots the threes that they've taken they've been good open threes they've been you know uh following the playbook um and purdue also is just overall playing pretty well in every other aspect of the game agree you know like yeah. uh i think in 
uh, Davidson, they had either nine or 10 turnovers. And then uh, this game uh, against Nebraska, you know, nine turnovers, which Painter's goal is only four or a half or, you know, eight total uh, in a game. So pretty close to that goal. Um, and defensively, you know, we've improved so much, so much from last year um, that I mean, honestly, you know, even if half of the shots, even if half of those threes went in that were, It'd be a totally different story. We'd be talking about how Purdue is like this great three-point shooting team. Mm-hmm. They've dominated it. And I know that's, you know, hearsay, but uh, I really, that, that's what I really think it comes down to is just unfortunately. Um, and also there's like, I've heard, you know, things floating around about it's finals week and there's, that's always an odd time for Purdue. Um, things are always just kind of off, um, you know, and, and we've got a young team, uh, uh, at the nucleus uh, of it all. And so there's going to be those times. Um, but, you know, even looking at the Nebraska game, our freshmen handled that game with so much poise. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer really turned it on, really helped us pull that win out. And then Braden Smith, I am so impressed with his ability to take the ball up the court, um, which I know it sounds silly. It's like his ability to walk forward and dribble a basketball. Um, He's been impressed like a lot, most simple. Yeah, but his just a poise, you know, he's the crowd really doesn't get to him. You see, sometimes he like it could look like he's like trying to rush something or make something happen. Maybe that's not there. But overall, I mean, his poise, his his demeanor is just he's so laser focused. Um, So, yeah, I think I think things are only going to improve from here. But to answer the original question, um, I get scared easily. So I think I would have tried to change the game plan. you know, maybe in like the second half or something, but I don't, I'm not coach painter and I, I, I'm not a basketball coach. Uh, and so that's, that's probably why I'm not a basketball coach. Um, so yeah. Dylan, what's so your thoughts? I don't know. I just like yeah, watching Dylan. Frank's big brain just roll off stats. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. And so so I just uh, an amazement at that. Bad man. The one thing I'll, I'll suggest too, because I think painter is kind of alluded to that or, or alluded to that in the last couple of shows is, well, if it's your team, what, what would you do? You know, like the guy I think last week that called also complained about not liking that Braden Smith gets slowed down coming down the court and it takes like eight to ten seconds off the shot clock. Like, okay, well, we can't stop the other team from guarding him. You know, so if we're not making shots, then what's the game plan? Like Frank already mentioned, they're already doubling eating, right? So then if they know all we're going to do is try to feed the post, then they get a triple team him. Like Frank's also spit out some data on how Edie does in double teams trying to score doesn't always go the best. So if they're doubling and triple team, no, we're not going to shoot. Then then what's the offense then? Was that the old guy that called right. in? It was like, my buddies and I were sitting around talking. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. Like, an like, imagine having such confidence to call Matt yeah. freaking painter. One of the best coaches <laughs> in college basketball. I'll be like, listen, coach, I got something to say. It's like, are you out of your that mind? I spend enough time on earth that he has F you time. He's like, I don't care about your opinion. And me. I mean, the sound of his voice, he's retired. Let's be honest. He's older than me. Me and all my friends, this, uh, it's currently 5 a.m. Coach. We're all at the Denny's right now. And our, and our waitress, Tracy, she also agrees with our, our thoughts here. So we'd like to, get I'd like to be hired. Actually. That, that's the joke yeah. I was making when I said, is this the group M tailgate answer? Or are we just like trying to actually be logical here? Like, right. Yeah. I I personally thought that this this last game against Davidson was a really really um, good game from like a teaching perspective, right? Because we didn't shoot the ball well. We still found found a way to win. Every time we thought we were going to pull away, you know, they would just they would hit that dagger three. You know, every time we'd get a five, six, seven point lead, bam, it's right back down to four. 
Um, and, you know, I, to me, this had the feel and the atmosphere of a first round tournament game. You know, that's very, very much like a team we would expect to see. I mean, they, they made the tournament last year. They upset Michigan State. For all intents and purposes, this is, you know, Davidson's a good team. They're, they're higher ranked in Ken Palm than Minnesota. And I think if we have a, that same exact performance, but it's against Minnesota, no one's sounding yeah. fire alarm. You right. know, but the, there, there's a general lack of respect for Davidson as a team. Let's be also honest. Have you, seen a, have you seen fan base sometimes? They might sound the alarm. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, they, they have been, but I, I think I think fewer people are sounding that alarm, but you know, if, if, if it's against a Big Ten school. I will say all and and uh, I'll give I'll give some fans the benefit of the doubt because man, football season it took me it took a lot out of me because every game was like yeah. this close, so you couldn't couldn't relax at all, and then we just jumped straight into basketball. But um, but no, yeah, um, the fans can be uh, we can all be kind of crazy. We can all you know think whatever, but at the end of the day, this team's still eleven and zero. They have an opportunity to learn from those, those things, and so if we think about it, you know Nebraska. That's the first time. That's the first game, or I guess the second game. The first one was against Hofstra, but really the first game where a lens, a magnifying glass, is really being put on Purdue. Now they're ranked fourth. Uh, they were ranked fourth. You know, how do you handle that? Um, you go into a Big Ten environment uh, in, in your first away game, uh, true away game, <clears throat> and you win in overtime. Um, and then now you're ranked number one. How do you handle that? And you go into a neutral court uh, during finals week, a court that Purdue has historically never really shot that great in and you pull out the win. Um, and so maybe that now, maybe now that they've had a couple weeks in that, in that role, maybe that monkey is going to kind of come off of their back. Maybe that weight, maybe they've, um, um, you know, that stress it's, it's still there. Obviously everyone's vying for Purdue's head. They, they want to be the one to knock them off and whoever beats us is going to really enjoy that moment. Um, but I think now that they've played a few games and they've felt, you know, they've been in that situation, I th hopefully they can relax a little bit, you know, take some weight off of their shoulders and just, you know, play. Um, if that even is a part of maybe why these games have been close. Well, one so. thing, one thing I, I loved and, and I, uh, uh, I've tried to find a clip of it. So, so like I said, I went to the game, um, you know, immediately left and walked back to the parking garage where I knew it was going to take me an hour to get out of like it always does when I go to Gainbridge, but, um, you know, I turned on the radio broadcast and was listening to Rob Blackman talk with Painter, and he said, these are the games that would have terrified me with last year's team. And I mean, and, you know, we've, we, we've talked about it on here, you know, last year's team was not nearly as well equipped to handle a game where shots aren't going in as this year's team is. And so I think that, um, you know, while we love to see threes go in, you know, the ability to have an off night, um, you know, you don't you don't want your off night to happen come March, you know, and 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 if it does, you you want to um, know that you're prepared for it and have been there before and can still win games, which we have you know two games in a row now. So um, I see that as a good thing personally. I mean, obviously we all want to see shots go in and not you know put ourselves into a deficit or you know have close games with teams we should beat by more. But you know, the to hear him say that you know. This is a this is a game that last year's team may have lost because of their defensive effort and their execution is you know to me speaks volumes about this team and what they're capable of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I know we didn't want to. We uh, you know there's there of course there's always talk a lot to talk about with basketball. Um, you know we're ranked number one in the country and um, we've got a game coming up against uh, New Orleans, Orleans. tomorrow. Uh, so. 
on paper that looks to be um, a surefire win, but you know you can't you can't ever take any opponent lightly. You want to take every opponent as serious as possible. Um, there's been a lot of teams that have fallen to some. Uh, you know, Utah State lost their first game of the season to I can't remember who it was, uh, Weber State I, th- I believe, um, and, and they were pretty high up there in Ken Palm. So uh, no game is ever a given, uh, but hopefully the Boilers can can go out there have a lot of fun and um, rest some guys and <clears throat> you know uh, get a good break in. So. Um, but to kind of end things on a fun note, uh, uh, as you guys know, we partake in a draft here and there, and uh, Russ has come up with a, a fun draft for us to do to kind of end out the year. Um, and then I'd like to, after we do this draft, uh, I'd like to just end a note on you know, what is your guys's favorite moment as a Purdue fan from the beginning of 2020, you know, through all of 2022? What's been your favorite moment? So think about that, um, while we're doing this draft, and, and Russ, take it away. Yeah, so um, while well, I'm kind of stalling here because I have to do uh, – I have to add – I have a save to wheel that I used for the last draft, and I got to add Dylan on there. So wow. Um, wow. While, while I'm doing that, um, I do want to just say one little thing. and I, I started to talk about it before we came on, but then Conrad joined us, and so I didn't get to quite finish um, the thought a little bit. But um, Purdue fans enjoy enjoy this right now. Like, enjoy it. Like, I know we're all nervous – we're talking about the shooting. We're talking about barely winning some of these games. But we've also become the first Big Ten team to be number one in consecutive years since the 70s, right? We're only the second team all time to beat, you know, this still this is still the same season, just, just in case y'all didn't know, that we beat two top 10 teams by 18 or more points in the same weekend, right? So, like, we also became the fastest team ever to go unranked to number one. So, like, enjoy those things. Like, I know everybody's like, well, yeah, but this team might not be built for a tournament or, you know, we're struggling with this or struggling with that. But, like, Purdue fans deserve to enjoy enjoy some things. So, like, And we're not going to talk about who the first team to go back-to-back seasons at number one was. We're not going to talk about that. was before that. we were live. So, I mean, it's probably not relevant now anyway. So, um, yeah. So, let's go ahead and spin this here. Since I wasn't on the wheel, I should get first pick. Um, I, I don't know if that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it. The wheel decides. Um, okay, how is this spinning here? Oh, my goodness. I think you just tap the wheel. I don't know if it's the same one I use or not. Do we have the Jeopardy? It's, it's this one. It's this one. <laughs> oh, okay, no. It's oh, here we go. Okay, I can spin it. So, all right. So, this draft, it's, it's Christmas-themed. It's a fun one. And, you know, with Christmas coming up in less than a week, I'm sure a lot of y'all have some more time off work, and you're going to start turning on those Christmas movies that you watch once a year. So we're going to draft our double feature. Since there's five of us, we'll only do two movies. And we're going to draft our double feature. If you're going to sit down and watch two movies back-to-back with the family and enjoy some time with them this holiday season, what two movies are you picking? So uh, we'll go ahead and spin this here. Chris, Are we doing one movie at a time? Yeah, Christmas one movie. We're doing a snake draft. Oh, man. Um, I promise. I promise I just spent, spun this and it says Russ. So, <laughs> Dude, it's, that's what that's what happened to me every time I would spin mine. So I'm, I get it. I'm going to spin it again. I can't, I can't do that. I can't be the first. Pick. Are these Christmas know. movies only or just yes, any movie? Yes. Christmas movies. Christmas movies. So, okay. So Don't, are you going to bring up if, if Die Hard's a Christmas movie or not? Um, I I mean, I'm for it, but that's it, just. It is. I, I wouldn't talk about that until it's your pick, though, just in case someone takes it. But Dylan, you're actually going to be the first pick. So Dylan, <laughs> hey, look at you. that. Uh, it's Elf do, by a mile. Not only because Caleb first is like second to Will Ferrell, but it's just the best Christmas movie uh, to ever be made. I don't care what anybody anyone says. Okay, okay, I like it. So, let's see between the four of us who is next. Chris, 
You're up second. Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation. He's, Somebody yeah, write these down. Somebody write these down, or do I need to write these down? Not me. I can't spell. Is so like once once a movie has been said, is it eliminated from? It is. It is eliminated. It is eliminated from contention. Oh, so well, all right then, Chris. Chris has Christmas vacation. <laughs> all right, so let's take Chris off the wheel. Damon, Damon, I always right. I don't know why I always say that. Um, uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. Classic. The early Jim Carrey's one. Okay. Okay. Love that one. Oh, and Frank, I feel like you get the last place curse so often here. That's all right. Um, it's all right. But uh, yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna be rounding out the end there. So um, I man, so Elf was definitely my top one. Well done, Dylan, at the top of the draft there. Um, man, so I'm not a huge fan of Elf. I'm gonna go with another favorite that I feel like I watch a lot with the family now. Especially my wife loves this one, so she'll like this pick. And I'm going to go with the classic Home Alone. That's going to be my first pick. The original okay. Home Alone. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's a great pick. Um, so I'm glad that my two picks both still remain, which will make this easy. Nice. Uh, number one, tried and true classic. It's a, it is literally a, a tradition for me every year, um, one that my wife um, semi-willingly partakes in as well. But uh, Bad Santa every year, it's, that's uh, it's one. That's I, I always watch. Nice. Yeah, okay. um, it's a Christmas movie, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's got Santa, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, can we then, can we also name honorable mentions whenever our second pick comes? Oh around? yeah. Well, okay. I would wait and, until uh, uh, after the last pick. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So that's not one I necessarily want to like watch with like you know uh, any children or anything like that. You know, not even um, a little. I uh, actually saw that movie in theaters with my dad when I was 14. And I had to pretend like I didn't know what a lot of things meant. And I was like, I don't what get that, that joke, you know? Like, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, second one would be the better Home Alone, and that being Lost in New York, the sequel. Mm. Um, that's actually the, uh, the the superior Home Alone movie. So um, that yeah, that would be my my second uh, Christmas movie. Honorable mention is going to be the weird. Yeah, we got four more picks here, sir. We got four don't, more don't picks. Be, We're doing yeah. it at the very end. We're doing it at the end. <laughs> oh, my bad. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, please. By all means. It was, um, it was, uh, it was spicy. Yeah, so that was a uh, it was a good pick. Um, I Ooh. definitely was thinking about going just that Home Alone right into the sequel, Home Alone 2 is my double feature. I thought that'd be a pretty good pairing. But um, since you stole that from me, I'm going to take – not just one of my favorite Christmas movies, but one of my favorite actors in general. Um, and that's Tim Allen. And I'm going to go with the Santa Claus. Love the Santa Claus. But um, it's the first one. The other ones aren't the first one's the best. Oh, one. yes. The original Santa Claus. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. The, the other ones are. Uh... Yeah. Not nearly as good. They they tried to uh, get everything they could out of that franchise. And they should have just capped it. Yeah. Number one. I agree. All right, so it's back to you, Damon. Uh, first of all, I don't agree that they should have stopped after the first one. Tim Allen was my Santa Claus growing up, so <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, that was actually going to be my second one, and I think this counts. It's a holiday movie, um, and I'm going to go with an Adam Sandler favorite of mine, mm. Eight Crazy Nights. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie or not, but it is a great, funny, 
I'm hilarious a big movie. Like yeah. yeah. Whenever you said it was a holiday movie, I knew that's what it was. I, I don't know why. Yeah. Thought, that's I thought he was going to go Die Hard just because he asked about it, but that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chris, you don't know me cute, or Russ. Russ. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm Lord. Um, I'm gonna mute my mic. All right, mine. Right. Yep. Yep. Okay, I'm taking it. Die Hard. Die Hard. Okay. There, there you go. All right. It's not a Christmas movie. You get, okay, you're getting deleted. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Uh, the Polar yeah. Express. Elf mm. Polar Express. It's a good one. Okay. It's a good one. The animation's pretty stellar, for even for even back then. I remember seeing we we went to so my elementary school we or we were a small school, and no, I was in sixth grade when that came out. I think it came out in like 06, maybe. Uh, we walked to the movie theater. We we were in a super small town, so we walked to the we walked to the movie theater. Um, you know, uh, we, yeah, we walked to the movie theater and watched that. It, it was like a class field trip for Christmas break. It was awesome. All six of you, yeah. <laughs> literally. So uh, I'm very competitive, um, as you all might have learned from when we first started doing these drafts. And so I I didn't pick my actual favorite Christmas movie just because I know it's very. Um, dividing and it's also getting a lot of hate or gets a lot of hate um Lethal lesson. no it's a wonderful life like oh. to me i don't know why but i just love that movie it's like my favorite christmas movie i grew up watching it but so many people talk about it being old and outdated and boring and so but nobody mentioned a christmas story I'll that's a christmas it. story yeah, yeah. That's i was surprised story. at that too yeah the uh uh one i was stuck on with die hard was the old claymation rudolph the red-nosed reindeer yeah, that was, was going to be my honorable mention. Yeah, yeah, that's my honorable mention. I mean, it's the wonderful life was probably filmed when Russ was in like high school, so you know he's. Probably... <laughs> um, another random. He was probably one of the little. Sorry, another random one I loved as a kid. And I actually just watched with my daughter, and she loved it as well. Is Jack Frost? I know it's not like a really popular yeah, the one, one where... but yeah. That the one where the kid plays hockey and his dad. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my honorable mention was, uh, and I'm showing my age here, but as it was a Disney Channel original movie, it was the one I can't remember what it's called, but it's the the girl. Um, these elves like drop a weather machine in Cal in L.A. and these girls find it, and they make it winter. Uh, they make it snow like eight inches. They make like a blizzard happen in L.A. and it's this whole thing. And Santa has to go back and find the weather machine. I can't remember what it's called, but it was really good. Hmm. So, <laughs> Dylan, what was your honorable? I don't know. Look at my list. Hold on. Um, I'd probably like any of the old. I like the like you said the old. Um, I don't know if it's claymation or stop motion I, or. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But then you think about the hours and hours and hours and hours of work that went into making those things. Oh, yeah, it's just it's things. Certain characters are creepier than the others, but like you know I. Every Christmas, got abominable the abominable snowman scared the hell out of me. Yeah, oh, yeah. all like the peanut the movies, winter... Charlie Brown, those are good ones. That's my oh, opinion. those are good. Yeah, yeah, cool. cool. Is, did everybody throw out an honorable mention? I believe so. Sure did. All right, awesome. Yep. All right, so to wrap us up, um, uh, Frank, what was your most memorable or favorite moment as a Purdue fan for the, through the year of 2022? Yeah, man, I've, I've been you know I've been thinking a lot about that uh, since he said it. I mean, and, and nothing, it, it, it it's hard to beat you know the 
go into our first Big Ten championship in football. I mean, that's 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 hard to beat. Um, yeah. So gonna gonna have to go with that one. Also, Craig, I, I uh, not Craig, sorry, Conrad. I, I was wanting to mention it, but I couldn't find a good time to put it in there. I can't imagine how he felt when he saw Devin score the only touchdown that we scored in the Big Ten championship game. That had to be a crazy moment, but uh, but yeah. So, um, cool. What about you, Dylan? What was your favorite moment? Uh, besides talking to Conrad, uh, probably the bucket game. Uh, I was at the game watching him hold the bucket and the Big Ten West Championship trophy. Was just that was awesome. Uh, that's a moment I'll never forget. Um, and Purdue, like it, it was a lot. It was pretty split, but there's a lot of Purdue fans at that game. But uh, just the environment, uh, Purdue pulling out such a uh, solid win, and then just the bucket and you know the bowl and the Big Ten West Championship. It was just it was a perfect day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, what about you, Russ? Um, yeah, I gotta say it was that that crazy weekend, and I, so I'm gonna kind of yeah. cheat cheat and, and say a weekend. But sitting down and with you guys and discussing the the Phil Knight weekend. And that football weekend and just the craziness of that time in Purdue sports was probably my highlight of the year. It's just sitting down and talking with you guys about all the happenings of that weekend. Russ, that's so nice. <laughs> that, that actually was going to be mine, not mainly about talking with you guys, but mainly. The... <laughs> just I, uh, that just that entire weekend was like the best of both worlds. And it was yeah. it was a it was a lot of fun to actually to, to be a part of and experience. Yeah, I'll never forget whenever Russ called the the Facebook group chat, um, and I just put my daughter to bed, and we were like, "Oh!" And I I open I answered the call. I thought it was like a butt dial because I I just feel like Facebook phone calls usually are. And so I answer it, and I share, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "I know." It's like, "Sorry, I can't yell. My daughter's sleeping here." But holy shit! <laughs> like we were we were all freaking out and just talking about the the emotion of that moment and everything. You know, a, a culmination of twenty years and and uh, something that you know to come so soon after like the dark years um, of Purdue football. Uh, really great moment. But honestly, uh, one that I had in my mind. Um, it, and just to just to go off the beaten path here, really, I loved I loved the Jaden Ivy Ohio State buzzer beater um, last year at Mackey. I thought that was a great moment. Um, really fun, really fun game. Um, yeah, that was probably because I looked up the other day. There are if you type in Purdue buzzer beater, there's not a lot of buzzer beaters that we were a part of as the ones beating the buzzer. Mm -hmm. Not a lot <laughs> out there. So. Yeah. Um, had to relive through some trauma. I saw some uh, Virginia. <clears throat> games i can't remember what game that was that we played him i don't really want to talk about it. but anyway um yeah that, I, I love that that shot um because that play really didn't culminate in the way that it was supposed to um it was just kind of like oh crap uh what we had drawn up isn't working uh Jaden, here take it chuck it and then you know it went in and um yeah it was pretty cool so awesome well um so this is the last podcast that we're doing for uh, the year of 2022. We started this back in, I want to say, early August or late July. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've absolutely enjoyed doing this with you guys. Uh, for anybody that's followed us, has watched the podcast, whether you've liked it, you thought it was the worst thing you've ever seen, um, we're super thankful for you tuning in. Uh, this has been so much fun. And that's honestly, at the end of the day, that's what this all is. It's just fun to talk about Purdue athletics. And what a time to talk about Purdue athletics as well. I feel like that's come, becoming a moniker um, for, around 
Purdue is that it's there's never been a better time to be a Boilermaker, and I think that's absolutely true. Um, 2022 was a great year um, with just for so many different reasons. Um, and so I'm excited to see what 2023 brings. So um, to everybody watching, uh, listening, tuning in at another time, thank you. Um, uh, and just to throw that tidbit out there again, our next guest, our, our next episode, our next full podcast episode is going to be January 10th with uh, guest Trevor Peters, a uh, big guy in the Purdue media world. So we're excited to have him on. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll get that posted here um, probably sometime this week or so just to kind of put it out there that he'll be on and so if you guys have any questions submit those to him and as always follow us on spotify youtube twitter um, we also have a discord channel that we post about from time to time that we, we try and do you know watch parties um, talk about purdue sports uh, uh football basketball really whatever's going on so uh, again we're super appreciative of you guys we thank you for tuning in and uh thank you for watching boiler up hammer down Boiler up. Boiler up. choo choo